Someone once told me that no one says life is fair. When you hear that when you're young, you have no idea what it really means. Once you've lived a little, and then you lose everything, suddenly it makes sense. This podcast is a true life memoir of someone who lost everything and is rebuilding in search of who they once were. They're sharing their story as part of their healing process and so that anyone else out there living through similar circumstance knows that they're not alone. Dave the Clone here, coming to you with another installment in the Feeling It, Healing It, A Diary of Recovery podcast. I believe this is the 34th or 35th entry, and I'm recording it on the 2nd of December, but by the time you're hearing it, it's probably, um... Very might well be the last entry that you'll hear in the year 2023, so I'm trying to do something a little bit different with this one, I guess. Think ahead a few weeks and try to, I don't know, come at it from a perspective of the end of the year, the coming of the new year, sort of doing a semi-look back, semi-look forward with this whole journey of trying to recover. And that's not actually turning out to be as easy a thing to do as I thought it was going to be when I realized looking at the schedule and looking where looking at how many episodes are recorded and finished and programmed and plotted out. This also doesn't feel like the kind of show that it would be appropriate to have done like a Christmas episode, you know what I mean? It's it's sort of um, an interesting landscape <clears throat> mentally where uh, a lot of the goings-on with this podcast resides. I'm sitting here, it's actually uh, Saturday, December 2nd. It's a very gray day where I'm at. And I've already gone through just this morning so many uh, vacillations between the cortisol-soaked, ultra-stressed-out feeling of mornings are hard. And then I kind of crested a little bit in this, like, uh, out-of-nowhere wave of basically giving a finger to the world at large and saying, fine... You don't want to help me. You want to make this hard. You want to really make me work to feel fucking normal again. Fine. Now, a lot of that is tied to what has become sort of the more prime focus of the struggle in the last um, six months or so. And that's with this whole job situation. I think the sort of 
tentative plan is that if nothing's lined up by the end of this holiday season, it's time to bite the bullet and go grab a job waiting tables or stocking shelves or something somewhere that really only pays probably minimum wage. But by the same token, I've started to come to grips with that idea because I have some plans that have started to go into motion and I've decided that I'm going to work to make those plans happen regardless if the job uh, <laughs> landscape the job market uh, wants to help me or not it's been slowly coming into focus for me that there's some powers beyond my control and there are some powers within my sphere of influence and I need to gravitate more towards those but it seems like by and large out in the world right now and some of this is fueled by the fact that there was a a new member of our morning walking crew joined us today and this uh, this guy happens to be a recruiter much more in the IT and tech field than um, in any sort of capacity that might be able to assist me. But just discussing sort of the dynamics and how things are working out there, he confirmed a little bit of my suspicion that my demographics are working against me to a great degree. The fact that I am in my early 40s, that I'm straight, that I'm Caucasian, by and large in the corporate world these are not characteristics that are getting the same fair weight and consideration for open positions that they once were i'm not sure how anyone out there listening feels about this development in our social structures um my hope is that for the most part, there are more people out there who were smart enough to hang on to their secure positions than I was at the time that I decided to leave mine. But, um, yeah, he pretty much laid out for me that there are going to be things that happen that are going to be way outside my control in regards to this job search. And I was kind of going over this last one, I, mostly because uh, it, it just so isn't sitting well with me. You go through three rounds of review or interview, and without warning and without any explanation or any sort of sense of what could have caused it to get derailed. And he said, well, you know, I can relate a story to you where I was on the other side of that, where I was interviewing people for an open position that I had to fill and I had this one candidate lined up and I'd gone through two or three rounds of interviews with them and I was for sure that we were going to give them the position and then we get passed down from up the chain hey there's another candidate that you need to interview and she turns out to be the daughter of like the CEO or the co-CEO or something along those lines and they wound up with the position, which is something no companies admit to, but probably happens a lot more than we want to accept.
And he goes, so you don't know if that's what happened? He asked me, do you know if the position's still open? I said, well, it turns out that there were two position openings. They filled one of them and that they're still interviewing, last I heard, which is a couple weeks ago, so probably by now they've probably made the decision, uh, but that they're still interviewing for the other one, but they were going with somebody who's you know, background and experience align more with what they're looking for, which is a total bullshit excuse considering the fact that they knew what my background and experience was when they saw my resume and when they did their first two rounds of interviewing with me. So if that was a mismatch, I wouldn't have gotten the third interview. So he goes, yeah, so right there, something behind the scenes. He goes, is there anything you could think of at all that happens during the third interview? And I said, no, I mean... I asked questions. They were telling me a lot about how the team operates and how the, what the job would be and sort of the reasons why everybody loves working there. More information than I feel like they would have given me if they knew right from the get or from the conversation that I was not going to be moving forward. So that helped me feel a little bit better, but at the same time, it pissed me off quite a bit. Because I'm all for the idea of the best person for the job getting the job. I'm all for that not being used as a method to exclude where it may have been, or we all know socially it has been in the past. But by that same token, why is there no discussion around the fact that this or at least the message I'm getting is that what well, I shouldn't be allowed to support myself. I shouldn't be allowed to earn a living. I shouldn't be allowed to survive. And that's really not sitting well with me. So at one point today, as I was, you know, scrolling LinkedIn and sending out connection requests and applying to positions and looking through all of the emails I get from ZipRecruiter and CareerBuilder and Indeed and all these positions that look like exactly great fits for me that I'm not getting considered for or getting these form emails back saying thank you for taking the time but we're going to go with we're not moving forward with you I um I was getting pretty down. I was getting into that dark space of back against the wall, backed into a corner, the weight of the world crushing down on me. Because what comes with that is this feeling of when is and if ever is this going to fucking be over? When am I going to be beyond this? Because as much as I'm being told by people who have more of it than I do to just keep the faith and keep trying, something will happen. I also have that in the back of my mind feeling of time slipping away and I just refuse to believe that the decisions I made were such were mistakes of such magnitude that I have doomed myself forever. It's just unfathomable to me, and I just refuse to let it be a reality. So I wound up uh, putting on some music on my headphones, turns to the Spotify for some music therapy, and I'm 
listening to a new, or at least new to me, synthwave artist called DMME. And um, I actually just had the bio up a few minutes ago. I guess I got to go back to it again. DMME is the solo project of a um, of one half of a band, and of course, you know, Bandcamp is not showing me. Why can't I find it? Where are you? His name is Eric. Who is DMME? I feel like it was on Bandcamp, and now I'm looking at it, and it's like the same page, and it's not coming up. Neutron Bots, I think, is the name of the band that this guy was a part of. Anyway... Uh, here it is. DMME is the solo project of Dan Akus, E-A-C-H-U-S, half of the band Neutron Dreams, and the president and co-owner of Retro Synth Records. Good on you, my friend. So you just keep scrolling. Eventually you find this. Good on you, Dan. Dan Akus. Dan Aches. Um, I'm gonna have to check out Neutron Dreams after this, but yeah, I'm listening to his album, uh, Artificially Unintelligent Part 1. Good stuff. And actually, it's interesting, I found him through, um, watching on YouTube, there are these crazy long playlists, like if you just type in Synthwave or Darkwave, you can pull up a playlist that's like three and a half hours long perfect for if you need some background music while you're working on anything writing editing whatever you um whatever you've got going on that doesn't require you to be using your ears <laughs> and so at times like when i'm doing um auditions for audiobooks which i've started uh putting out again or i'm also uh, building my demo and profile page on voices.com so that's another thing and so I have to kind of remind myself hey listen you're not fully out of the game yet you're trying this you're trying to get more into that space um, and there's some there's a chance out there they had a uh, Black Friday sale at voices.com so I was able to upgrade to the premium for half the price so that's uh, I'm seeing that as an investment into myself. So that's one area in which I have some motion happening of trying to be proactive and trying to fix things. And what it dawned on me as I was putting on DMME and sort of took a break from looking at, you know what it is? I can't help, and I'm trying to get better about it, but I can't help the self-comparison thing when I'm scrolling through LinkedIn and it's, you know, the list of people that I, um, based on connections I already have and based on the field I'm in are being suggested to me. And, you know, and I'm trying to connect with and reach out to people in the same field, but it's been starting to kind of dawn on me that maybe it's time for like a real gear shift. And, uh, if this field wants to be as, snooty and bitchy and looking for any excuse to not give somebody 
in their early 40s a chance then I will play your little game. I will continue to try to network and I'll continue to try to make inroads where I can, but I'm going to find my own way. And when I do, because there's something I'm, I refuse to talk about on here, but it is something I'm, I'm looking into and putting energy and possibly investing a little bit of money into, which is a difficult step to take considering my financial situation right now. Uh, especially because I just also got a fucking thing in the mail from the New Jersey State Treasury who retroactively in the last month of the year decided to say, oh, yeah, we we your uh, extension is denied. So now you owe us like another 400 bucks. Like, fuck you, New Jersey. What a fucked up state. If you're in New Jersey, get the fuck out. Um, I'm trying to do everything I can to not have that be my base of operation anymore and i'm really i mean i'm so disillusioned with the matrix at this point i'm actually getting angry about being stuck in it and i think they say usually it takes that kind of level of a fire being lit under you to make some really serious changes so now i'm looking at my plans as a means to throwing a finger in the air to this whole thing the same way elon musk just did i don't i don't know how people feel about him out there there's so many varied and mixed reviews on him and 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 i don't even care what me sort of uh idolizing him in some ways does as far as people's opinion and me go because he's got a point like he very recently was being interviewed and was talking about advertisers and the people who perceive their power being only able to be wielded through threat and blackmail and he said go fuck yourself go period fuck period yourself period he said he's like i hope they don't advertise with me and that is exactly the sentiment i feel right now i just feel like i'm too powerless as far as being not in a financially stable enough position. Like, he's got fuck you money, okay? Elon Musk is at that level. He's got fuck you money. And so he can stand up and say that, and the people who support him in the business world will are, will do even more business with him. And those that were trying to virtue signal and whatever else they're trying to do with the stances they take and the sort of... That's the other thing. I mean, we're in a time where suddenly everything is about this new level of control being wielded to you know box people in and it's very hard like my soul is hurting as I'm ending the year and looking at the new year I feel like I should be inspired and I know like this time last year I said to my mom I'm vowing to you that it'll be different by this time next year and yet here I am retreating and living at home you know, in 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 effort to regroup after a year filled with more pitfalls and landmines than I expected there to be. While at the same time there were uphills, there were there were upswings. Um and I think to a degree this project, this podcast that you're listening to right now, was instrumental in helping me mentally turn some corners um obviously 
This is a little bit of a more manic episode and is becoming more so as I let my mouth run than the last couple episodes have been. I feel like if you go back and listen to entry number one, there's a certain level of distance that has come and been put between the heartbreak that was still so present from my last relationship and and I'm not by any means trying to pretend that that's completely gone that sneaks into the psyche and the conversation quite a bit still but it's not the in tears trying to not only rebuild but trying to put my heart back together my heart is in a stitched up and scarred state and I am struggling with the loneliness that is inherent with I guess the way I see it is uh, in the third Wolverine film that was just called The Wolverine or maybe was it the second because first there's X-Men Origins Wolverine then there's The Wolverine and then it's Logan so yeah in The Wolverine at the beginning of the movie Logan is living out in the woods in a cave very primal sort of removed from society hibernating if you want to call it that licking his wounds trying to recover and I feel like that's a stage in all this and I feel like that sort of could be where I'm at now to a degree and part of that was the acceptance of having to do some of this alone I think by doing this podcast, I've found an interesting way to be doing it both alone, but with an audience or at least inviting people in or recovering in front of other people. I think perhaps 2024 may be a year that includes me seeking out an actual group like an AA type group to be having this conversation face to face with some folks. I'm actually... Two days from now, I have an appointment with a life coach who is going to, I I, I know they're going to pitch me on trying to sell me their services. I'm taking this as it was a freebie offered for attending a a round table that they hosted. This is somebody I connected with off of um, LinkedIn named Whitney Prude, PhD. For anyone who's uh, struggling with their own health in in whatever form that might be, whether it be physical or mental, she's definitely, I can tell just from the roundtable I went to, she is a a good resource. And so that's why I'm taking her up on her one-hour free one-on-one. Um, and I do appreciate that she at least sends a link when you when you uh, confirm that that meeting. Um, she sends you a link that it says straight up, yes, I am going to sell you on the call, but there is always the chance we won't be a right fit for each other. But it at least will be a step. And I do feel like at this point I, I may have to admit that I need that help. I need a coach. I need somebody who's just on my bat on my side helping me structure the next steps um and there's a certain level of feeling good about admitting that i think because of my own internal hang-ups about 
my station in life at this moment. I don't feel like I can lean on friends and family any more than I already have. Plus, I don't think necessarily that they're equipped to support me in that way. And they, the, the way they're supporting me now is, is exactly the way they should be, I guess. But when it comes to, all right, how do we map out what I need to do and how I really what it is, is finally trying to change my own mindset. And that's the problem. I know it's, it's so frustrating to know what you need to do, but still not know how to do it. You know, I mean, I've been trying with this, with this manifestation. I've been trying with this daily affirmations. I've been trying with the listening to sulfagio frequencies. I've been trying with the meditation. I've been trying with the manifestation journal. The only thing that has even, I think, provided a noticeable shift for me is the gratitude journal side of it, because I do feel like it's important to every day realize how much worse it could be and how many things I do have going for me. But you know, the impact of getting this letter from the New Jersey tra uh, Treasury was like literally being punched in the throat because it's like, you know, I have stressed and stressed and stressed so fucking much. And I finally had an accountant help me and it got to a point where I think this is manageable and I can f I can navigate my way through it for the next couple months before I have to go through it all fucking again for next year. Um and then to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, they just denied you. I'm like, do the wealthy people get this shit in the mail? They don't, do they? You know, people who have the money that could fix the country tomorrow, you leave them the fuck alone. But people like me who are trying to climb out of the fucking hole. I'm Bruce Wayne with a broken back at the end of The Dark Knight Rises, now viewable on Max. Go check it out. Trying to climb to the top of that fucking open-air prison. And every time I get higher and feel like I'm at a better plateau, there's something that comes along that yanks the rope that's tied to me or tries to knock me off. And what kills me the most is that I let it. Because it's my mindset that allows all these things to have so much fucking power. And I'm fucking sick of it. So if it takes being a little pissed off like this to be able to accept. All right, fine. Fuck it. Let me go wait tables while I keep reaching out to all these scumbags who are going to just look for any reason to not even look at me as a person and just look at their fucking demographics and look at their, because a lot of them are getting it handed down. The corporate atmosphere is handing down the whole, we gotta, we gotta worry about how we look as opposed to the work that we do. And I mean, I'm the first to admit there have been historical injustices across the board in this re in this regard. And yes, something needed and still needs to be done about it. I think it's just a little bit harsh or harder to feel good about it when it suddenly means that it's keeping me down at a time that I have been putting so much of my energy and effort into rising back up again. And I, I, I am hoping for the day because I also, at the same time, 
I'm starting to lean a little bit more in a spiritual way, not necessarily fully embracing religion or anything like that, but just taking a step in that direction, possibly, and trying to reconcile the thoughts that we all have our struggles, but there is something so much bigger than all of us that we are a part of. And right now, it's the surface level of it is the matrix that we're stuck in that's really, like for me, wreaking havoc on my mental and emotional state. But there's at the same time that that is present, there's something even bigger. And I, and I, I was... I don't know, reminded of this or, or this occurred to me in a very powerful way when I was I was talking to somebody, a new friend I've made from one of the support groups I'm in. And we were looking at videos on YouTube, like sending each other links, and I and she is someone who spent time living in Hawaii. So there are a lot of tribal traditions in island cultures. And I said, do they do the haka there? And I didn't realize that the haka is a Maori um, tribal dance um, that is from New Zealand. Because I've been seeing it popping up on social media at times. There was a, um, the haka is this coordinated um, dance originally was done by Maori warriors when they would arrive on the field of battle. It's a spiritual intimidation ritual, but it's also a um, inspirational. It's supposed to build your own confidence. And you can see like the New Zealand rugby team will do it at the beginning of a match. And it's it's intense and it very much um, makes you because I mean, I am moved when I when I see people do it. I am I'm one. I want to learn how to do it. Uh, but it is a pretty awesome, it's kind of like, it's not, I don't want to say possession, possession, like allowing spirits to possess you, but it's tapping into like the strength of your cultural history. And I almost feel in ways when I see things like this, almost ashamed that I feel like my cultural history doesn't have anything like this in it. I mean, I'm, I'm of Italian descent. We have the mafia and we have cooking, you know, we don't have, um, coordinated dances where we, you know, tap into the, the strength of like mother earth and, and also use it to let our adversaries know we're not backing down from you. In fact, we're trying to scare the shit out of you by letting you know how in tuned we are with this. It's an intense, and I've, I've also seen it done. Uh, if you look it up on YouTube, Haka, H-A-K-A, there's all different types of Events where these have been performed, and one of them was as a memorial for um, done by some teenage students uh, in remembrance of classmates who were killed at a school shooting. Um, I've seen it done by people at funerals or people at memorials for their fallen comrades who are soldiers and then there was also people will do it at like weddings as a sort of um, in honor of the bride and groom 
There was one uh, video that went viral this year, or maybe it was at the tail end. No, it was this year, 2023, of a 13-year-old who jumped up by himself to do it at his mother's college graduation ceremony. And he just, without warning, did it by himself. And it's something that's usually done as a group. And so for him to stand up and and his family, nobody knew he was going to do it. But other people join in in the chanting, but he still does all the dance moves and all the the sort of uh, gestures for it. And his family was moved to tears because they had no idea he was planning on doing it. They had no idea he even knew how to do it, I don't think. And it was a great way for him to honor his mother. And I was sending these videos to my friend and she sent me back a link to a service, an opening song from a a Sunday service at the church she used to attend in Hawaii where they had hula dancers participating and it just it all felt like it kind of came from the same place of there is like an energy field to this universe and this world that we live in and I don't know why it affects me so much to see these things and why I'm so envious of them and 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 sort of wish I had that level of surrender to something bigger than I am and I feel like maybe I've been trying to find that in the wrong way with some of the other avenues I've been taking this year and I found after watching a couple of these last night that I was like moved to tears and I couldn't stop crying. I was I was in this kind of state where I was just so almost honored to know that this exists. And I woke up this morning finding that same usual stress as if a personified creature was standing over me waiting for me to wake up to just inject it right into my consciousness so that the first thing I feel after an uneasy sleep I mean my dreams have been so vivid for the last three months at least I mean this whole year I've had markedly more nightmares than I recall ever having before in my life having more vivid dreams where in the dreams were certainly people from my actual life but also people that I didn't recognize, but in the dream, acknowledged a level of familiarity as if they were somebody I recognized. And, like, I can't... I've been trying to decide or interpret what that means and why I'm having such intense dreams and how, no matter what, like, there's some days that I wake up with a feeling of of being disturbed from having experienced that and not being able to get back to sleep without that feeling dissipating or or actually getting fully back to sleep. And then there are times where I do get fully back to sleep and have another round of dreams at that same level. 
And so it does feel to a degree that I'm engaged in a a spiritual battle. And there's something sort of scary about that in and in and of itself because it's when you start to really realize and acknowledge that that is part of your experience now it's something that you don't know how you're equipped to deal with and my hope would be is that I'm supposed to be taking something away from it some kind of message some kind of inspiration some kind of direction I keep asking for direction I keep asking for a light to be shown on the path so that I feel can step forward confidently and instead it's it's constant confusion and from what I can gather from conversations I've had with friends who are a little bit more aligned with being on a spiritual path or a little bit more progressed down the line, who've already gone through the challenging and an obstacle filled time that I'm going through in my life. A lot of the confusion is coming from my own mindset is coming from my Need for there to be a, a completely understandable magic bullet or a completely identifiable switch to flip or a sign or like putting so much on that. Okay, well, when I finally do get the job, is all of this shit going to stop? Am I going to suddenly feel like everything's better or am I going to still be in a state of going, all right, well, this is great, but now what? You know, or this is great, but I still feel unwhole. I still feel unfulfilled. I still feel lost. It's just that now I have to submit myself back to a getting up and going somewhere every day and putting on a mask that I'm not dealing with stuff like this and 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 put energy and effort into a project that might not necessarily have any source of passion within me. I mean, I I can recall what it was like to have to force um, focus of my talent onto something that I didn't truly believe in. But if we even hint that you don't truly believe in it, that becomes a reason for them to, for them, though the, them in the royal sense, for the people who employ you to question not only your ability, but your character. So there are some ways that I look at it that I think, you know. I'm only trying to get back into it because of the financial freedom it will provide, which won't even be full financial freedom. It's not like I'll be able to come and go as I please. I'll still have to only be able to live where I can afford to live. It's not as if it will completely radically alter my world. But understanding how limited my ability is now without that financial flow is almost making it so the desperation factor is what needs to be appeased. And so I'm trying so hard to figure out how to shift. And I, and I think in a way, as I was starting to listen to the music and starting to kind of realize, you know, what it came from was looking at all these people I was trying to connect with and going, you know, they have 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is also an insecurity thing for me because it's almost like the self-comparison of feeling like, well, what I'm showing as my history, what I'm showing as the work that I've accomplished in the time of my career, I don't feel maybe necessarily as good about what some of these other folks have to show and the confidence and authority with which they present themselves in their field. And it makes me wonder, like, do I even belong in this field? It's, it's, it's triggering my imposter syndrome to such a level that I almost have to, or I almost not have to, but I'm finding myself saying, all right, fine. Okay, fuck it. Maybe I don't belong here. Maybe if I have talent, Nothing I have to show at this moment is going to make any of you believe that. Now, I, I do need to qualify that because there are some contacts I've recently made who've been like, dude, you're, you, this looks awesome. You're very talented. Here's my friend's email address. Contact them. Tell them I sent them to you, which I've done, and I'm hoping to hear back. Um, I know as the holidays are upon us, uh, as also confirmed by my new friend from this morning's walk is like, this is definitely a time where people really kind of start slowing down. Um, he's like, you know, you have a week at the most maybe before people are all taking vacations or on vacations. And, though, um, sometimes though that will work in your favor. If there are people who have a position that they need, need, need to fill before the end of the year, you might be able to sneak in because at the same time that the companies are starting to slow down. So are the people putting themselves out there as candidates. He's like, so really just keep plugging away. But you know, there's a part of me that when I wake up in the morning and I go, so I'm going to not be able to go on these walks in the morning anymore because this time I will, by this point in time I'll probably have to already have been out of the house and either getting on a bus or driving on a highway sitting through traffic and be right back into the actual rat race part of the rat race which ties back to the conversation I was having with my friend last night when we were sending each other these YouTube links and I said you know as hard as it has been as hard as all this still is as harrowing and painstakingly stressful and overwhelming. I think it might be dawning on me, and maybe this is the message I've been supposed to be taking from this the whole time, that that really wasn't the world I was supposed to be in, at least not as far as you know, following my dreams and unlocking like the potential of my talent that I allegedly have. And... There's a part of me that does kind of subconsciously not really want to go back to it. I only want to go back to it for the salary. I, and, and even then, I've already discussed a couple episodes back how the salaries that are being offered are almost insulting, especially keeping in mind the rate of inflation that we're dealing with. And he said, you know, you do have to also keep in mind that the world has changed quite a bit in the last few years as a result of this global pandemic that we all went through. And that is driving a lot of new territory. And I think that could also be why this whole thing with the demographics question and the diversity question have become... Um, 
sort of more front and center and so impactful in how companies are navigating. And he's like, so, you know, it's a cruel reality, but it's just what's going on. So if this is all telling me that this is not where I'm supposed to be, and, and there are other avenues now, like this Voices.com, putting out more um, auditions on ACX for audiobooks, and then this other sort of area that I'm looking at that I don't want to talk about because I feel like there's some things when you talk about them, like I almost wonder if I jinxed that job a prospect by telling people, oh, I, I got the third interview, you know, like even coming on here saying, hey, prayer warriors, please, somebody, you know, if you guys have any ability or time, please, I appreciate it. Um, I almost wonder if I subconsciously caused that to not come through by doing that. So I want to wait to talk about this other one until it becomes a more concrete reality. But having it as something I'm actively putting energy into, I can be more okay with facing down the fucking performance anxiety of being a server at a restaurant or working at a grocery store because... It's financing, the, it's a means to an end to get me to a better place because this thing that I'm looking at doing has the potential to be a life-changing thing. And maybe this is what it needs to happen. Maybe I need to do it that way. I need to do it myself. And if it works, then I will be in a little bit more of a position to kind of turn around and say alright all you fucking companies that had the audacity to send me an email that just said thank you for your interest in taking the time but we're not going to be moving forward with you as a candidate or we're moving forward with other candidates or unfortunately we won't be pursuing you at this time but we'll hold on to your we'll hold on to your info in case anything in the future opens up like fuck you the thing I applied for was the thing I would be perfect for. You mean to tell me that there might be some other fucking thing that's exactly the same that I'll be better for later? No. No, don't fucking jerk me off. That's ridiculous. And all of you should be ashamed that you are so cowardly that you can't stand behind your decision and present it to me in a way that I wouldn't be able to sue you for other than just being vague. Fuck you. I so don't want to deal with that shit, with that world. And I look forward to the day where I'm in a position where you're coming to me saying, hey, we would love to work with you. And I can I can look at you and go, no. And when they say why, and I could go pull up the email and say, because you guys sent me this two years ago. <clears throat> you sent me this at a time where I needed the help. So why in the hell, now that I'm in a better position, now that I'm in a position where I have something you want, why in the hell? Now, I know this is not very in line with becoming spiritual or godly right <laughs> but and and i probably should try to be getting to a place that's a little mentally health healthier than wanting petty revenge um but if that's the motivation i need right now to be able to move forward 
in a way that's going to get me to a place that's better where I don't feel like I'm a burden. And I do have to say, I was at, I was at a um, community event last night talking to one of my parents' friends, uh, one of my neighbors, and I was telling her a little bit about how you know, I really thought I would only be here like a month or two when I came down here. They invited me to come down here. I didn't come begging them to live here. I actually was mentally preparing. I don't know if anybody out there has been checking my medium, but there have been some articles that I've posted, some blog posts recently that discuss, uh, they're called Last Words for a Landlord or Last Words to a Landlord, that sort of detail some of the nightmare I've talked about on here. But there is, you know, I got to say, when it all first started, I was prepared as the sort of karmic punishment it would have been to stay there until I found someplace else to go. Uh, financially, I'm not sure how long I would have been able to. I also don't know what would have happened if I had stayed where I was. But, I mean, to me, it's obvious now that I was still in a place where I was having trouble identifying red flags, identifying times where action was, was more um, prudent than rumination on decisions. And the fact that just the small descriptions I was giving of what I was going through to my family was making them say, dude, listen to me right now. Get your shit out of there. Get it in storage and come down to either my house or mom's house. They rang the bell that said, you're in a bad place and this is going to be nothing but bad for you. Get out of there come down here really heal really fix things let's get these let's get this moving in a better direction but i was i was totally ready to just as you know a consequence of my poor decision and i was telling this neighbor about this and she was like you really have to stop this because I'm pretty sure at least your mom, from what I can tell, is happy that you're around. You should be thankful for the time you're getting to spend with them. And they really want you to find your way and be on a good path. Because obviously whatever has happened that threw your life off track, you're not out of the rut yet. You're, you're moving there. You're getting there. Your things are starting to get better for you, like going walking every morning, taking care of yourself physically, trying to get mentally better, trying to be happier. You know, these are good things, but... You need to really find your way. So if it's this new project you're talking about or if it's just finding a part-time job um, and getting to be where you're back on your feet, you know, I know that that's what you want. But don't think that they're not happy or that they're upset that you're around. Don't add that because that's coming from you. That's your own sort of bully your internal bully coming out and playing and beating the shit out of you and you need to really stop that so i think 
partially in a way to try to do my part there is why I'm even doing this one hour uh, life coach meeting and I've even been googling before I had this this roundtable with um, Whitney I've been googling where you know what if you need a life coach but can't afford a life coach and surprise to my surprise there are a lot of programs out there that will provide severely discounted coaching or free coaching free coaching until you can afford it type of situations so it was something i was already looking into before this opportunity and i felt like well i had a really good conversation in the round table let's see how the conversation goes i'm really not in a place or prepared to spend what i imagine it's going to cost um, and I'm going to have to be very steadfast and honest about that. But that's not to say that it won't help me move further in a better direction. So, yeah, that's that's the looking forward part now. You know, I've, I feel like in the sense of New Year's, I've, I'm pretty sure if this isn't being posted on new year's eve which it might be let me let me double check i think it is actually coming out on new year's eve according to the the schedule here let's see oh shit this is actually going to be probably the first episode of 2024 so happy new year everybody (laughs) oh happy new year um in that sense of looking towards the new year and how things can, should, and will be different and taking stock of what this year was like. Um, definitely it is different. So I guess in, in a way I didn't fail or fall short of the vow I made to my mom that things would be different. Um, at the time of recording this, I still haven't really done any Christmas shopping and I've, I'm trying to get myself comfortable with the fact that I actually can afford to do some, I can afford to do some way more this year than I did last year. So, uh, that's sort of a win as well. I still do have work on my plate from my freelance clients. So there's that, but, um, you know, whatever the baby steps are at this point, whether that means this time next week from when you're hearing this, I'll be starting at a restaurant or at a grocery store or maybe even dispatching for the local police department because that's definitely a, a job opportunity in this area. Whatever it is. As long as I can keep the perspective of why I'm doing it and why it's okay and get my self-worth divorced from being connected to what I do for a living. That's something that my new friend is, is trying to really instill in our conversations is that regardless of 
where things are, regardless of your financial situation or your job. You still deserve to be happy. You still deserve to be loved. You still deserve to be valued. And if you're already not doing those things for yourself, how can you expect other people to do them for you? And the fact that you have other people that are valuing you and loving you and respecting you, you should be taking as a reinforcement to be able to give yourself permission to do that as well. I'm, and I'm as I'm sitting here talking about this into a microphone for this podcast, I always try to be cognizant of why I'm sharing with all of you what I'm sharing. And I wonder if this was a long and rambly way to get to that message. Because this really is, as much as it's me venting and bitching sometimes, I really do believe that the sense of community and that's I think a big part of why this the conversations I'm having with this new friend I'm making are feeling so prominent and um, relevant is because we're both people who've dealt with abusive situations and having to rebuild from nothing and the struggle that comes with all of that and the vulnerability of admitting all of that and how that is usually a huge hindrance from the beginning of trying to heal from this is having to get past what we feel like is shame around that we even experienced this. And I think what I'm hoping for which uh, would be great if anybody out there listening felt so compelled as to email in and join the conversation and let me know is that for everybody out there who's further down the road of recovery than I am, who already knows all these things, there are just as many people who are 20 steps behind where I am and are still feeling like the world is ending. I see it. I see it in this group chat that's going on for one of these support groups every day. People who are just getting out of these relationships or just waking up to how devastated they are and feeling completely directionless, completely powerless, completely lost and begging for anybody to just tell them what to do next. And asking questions that at the time you're asking them you don't realize are the kinds of questions that can't ever be answered by anybody other than yourself. But asking things like, how long is it going to hurt like this? When does it stop hurting? When does it start to feel better? How do we make it feel better? What should I do? Where can I go? And so knowing that, if I... By sharing all of this insanity and madness and chaos, am even able to shine a like a pinhole of light to somebody else to let them know that there is a path, that there is a path for all of us to get out of it. You just sometimes it feels like it's endless. I almost feel a little bit hypocritical saying that because I. I struggle with that still, especially where it comes to this job situation. But as long as you don't give up, 
You know, it's always going to go back to what my friend Dan Off said. As long as you don't stop walking, you will get to where you want to be. But it's it's tough because there are going to be the times that knock you down. And then there are going to be the times that not only knock you down, but push you down a ravine. And you have to then climb out of the ravine just to get back onto the path that you were walking on. But you have to just never stop walking. And so that's what all of these all of these entries are. All of this is steps in the ongoing journey of not stopping to walk to where you're trying to get to. So I know that I could be a lot more articulate about this if I if I were to sit down and really journal these out before sitting down and just talking into a microphone, I could probably be a little bit more um, well-spoken, sound more intelligent. But I feel like that might be more manufactured version of authenticity than actual just letting it bleed But the whole idea is you want to heal yourself so that there is no more bleeding, so that you can go forward in life not bleeding on the new people that become part of your world who had no hand in the destruction that got you into the need to recover. And that's where the jumping into new relationships when you haven't healed from the old one you wind up bleeding on the new person and then you're now you're traumatizing them and it's perpetuating the cycle and I feel like there's there's ways that that could be seen in the job world too just taking any job just because it's a job knowing that it's going to re-immerse you in a misery that you never wanted to be a part of again. It's hard to reconcile that with the fact that you need a job because I would not be surprised if very soon they start taxing every breath we take because of the Clean Air Act or some shit, but... I can never promise that it will be easy. I think I'm slowly coming to the realization that maybe there's no such thing as easy. That for me, I have to be grateful for the fact that I even had family to lean on is as easy as it's ever going to get. Because even with that, it doesn't make all the mental stuff go away. This is the work, and we all have to do it. And there are people out there who make it seem easy or who make it seem like they never had to do it. But I assure you, there are ways that they have to do the work that we can't even possibly fathom. And and so from someone who knows that they suffer from the comparison of themselves to other people, I implore us all, this is something I have to become much better at, is to give ourselves the grace and patience to truly heal, to hurt when we need to hurt. I mean, cry if you need to cry. I do it a lot. I do it less than I used to and for shorter amounts of time. 
but there's something therapeutic in letting the tears out, more so than there is in keeping them in. But I really, if it came to the concept of resolutions for myself this year, it's giving myself the grace to take the steps necessary with no judgment of myself to stop being so harsh in how I look at where I'm at and take it one step at a time and figure out what my milestones are. You know, a good friend of mine who I reconnected with in the last couple months um, said what I need to do is write down on a piece of paper, what do I value? What are the things that are important to me? And he goes, and yeah, I'm sure somewhere on the list it'll be awesome big house, flashy new car. He goes, but is, is the real value behind that just being on your own two feet, being able to sustain yourself? And would having just an apartment and maybe leasing a new car that doesn't necessarily have to be a flashy sports car, but could just be a new reliable car, uh, would that, you know, um, satisfy that need and that value? And then from there, will you be in a better position to keep moving forward and building? And so I think for all of us who are hurting who are trying to recover. I'm at day 351 or 350, 351, I think, of sobriety today. I'm actually, no, it's 350 because I'm 15 days away from, uh, well, actually, no. Shit, I hope I haven't been miscounting. I'm, I'm, as of today, 15 days away from a year sober which I've been told I should feel more proud of that I was able to do that in the midst of all this. And I've, I've expressed plenty of times on this show how much and how many days and nights that I've wished that I could indulge, but I just can't break this momentum now. Not this close. And I really am getting the sense that after I cross that one year, I'm not going to want to just up and start smoking again, you know. Even once I move into my own place, it's not like the first thing I'm going to do is smoke a celebratory blunt, you know what I mean? It's I'll be lucky if I can feel okay playing video games. Because <laughs> right now, I don't. And it sucks because um, my nephews just got a PlayStation 5 for Christmas. <laughs> and uh, there are games that I can see from the concept of the game that I want to get for myself. And I might have to give myself the space and allowance to buy a game or two so that when I do finally get my own place, I can play them but I won't feel comfortable playing them if I don't have a new source of income allowing me to have that place, you know? There's a lot of pieces that need to fall into place before I can even let myself enjoy the things I used to enjoy. They say when you stop enjoying things I used to enjoy, it's a sign, and it could be a sign of either depression or a sign of growing and progression. And I'm sort of seeing it in that light that the voice in my head that I think is a necessary level of uh, 
Big Bad Bully Dave is the as long as you can point to productivity that was made each day, you can give yourself some time to indulge. But if that time was spent watching an episode of a show or a movie, that might be all you're allowed to. You can't also then play video games and stay up all night. So a big part of it is obviously still finding balance and finding ways to be at peace with all of it. And even for me, I think there's been a part of that that has come to mind that it might have to be letting go of or redefining what my markers for success would be. And I've already aged past the initial dream of, oh, I want to make movies by the time I'm in my 30s and have decades to have a career in filmmaking. That's not to say that that still can't happen and why doing it in my 40s and 50s is any better or worse than getting to do it in my 20s and 30s. My sister sent me a message on Instagram that listed all these people that didn't have their breakthrough moment or their establishing event until their early to mid 40s. Like the Walton family, the guy who, who founded Walmart, he didn't do that till he was 42, 43 I'm 43, just turned 44 by the time you're listening to this. So I'm in that zone. And so I wonder if that is supposed to be an indicator that all of this needed to happen at the time that it happened so that I would have the mindset and the mentality in the right place. Because he wasn't the only one. There was a list of a bunch of people, but that's just the one that stands out. Um... And even a recruiter that I had review my my um, resume recently said, you need to get past this idea that you're old. You know, you're 43. I'm sure you're going to run into plenty of people who would tell you that they would kill to be 43 again, the way that you would kill to be 23 again, you know, with the knowledge that you have to be able to make some different decisions. Well, he's like, you're not old yet, and you have plenty of time to still get things back on track. And... Just don't give up. So I'm trying to take that to heart. And I want all everybody listening to this to find their way to that level of peace as well. And maybe this is part of my purpose was to be able to put into words this type of a struggle in a way that other people can identify with and in that sense of communion take strength from knowing that they're not alone and that they have strength within and that even if the mornings are hard and their dissociation from being displaced and that they've tried to find sanctuary and no contact but have run into setbacks that cause them to have to reflect because reflection and rediscovery is reflection is rediscovery. Um, 
and rediscovery is recovery and that the past is going to lurk no matter what but you can't and won't and don't have to be and should not be defined by it if by me healing in front of you has helped to give you the strength to heal in whatever way you need to I want to thank you for being a part of the journey and I want to thank you for still being here and I want to still see you on the journey as we move into a new year I don't know how long this uh, diary is going to continue but at least for now it'll still be going on for the foreseeable future for this show, the resolution is to make good on the promises that I made to myself and to all of you to get some actual professionals to agree to appear on here, to give some validation to the things that we're all going through and some pointers, some help, some advice and information on how we can continue to heal and grow. But let's make 20, 2024 a good year for all of us. I saw a meme recently on Instagram. It was, I guess, I don't know if it's a meme. It was a video, but it said, 2021 broke me. 2022, what was it? It was 2021 broke me. 2022 challenged me. 2023 taught me about myself 2024 I'm coming back I'm paraphrasing I'm sure I got that a little bit wrong if anybody out there has seen it you know what I'm talking about but that I'm really holding on to the power in thinking that way and so we continue on to the next act because this intermission will only be an intermission there's still more show to go so let's all make it to the stage together. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my recovery. Thank you for letting my recovery be a part of your recovery. Until next time. You've been listening to a production of the Hollow Nine Network. Feeling It, Healing It, A Diary of Recovery, featuring Dave Maresca. Thank you for listening to Feeling It, Healing It, A Diary of Recovery. Dave Maresca is not a trained medical professional, psychologist, psychiatrist, or licensed professional trained in providing therapeutic mental health care. This podcast is an account of his life experiences and meant to be just that. Any advice or suggestions made in the extemporaneous dialogue of the podcast is not intended to be medical or legal advice. If such advice is what you're seeking, you are encouraged to seek out the services of a licensed professional. The Hollow Nine Network and Dave Maraska assume no liability or responsibility for the information provided in these episodes.